Hello, and welcome to More Like Him, a podcast about everyday moments with God. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of introducing you all to my friend, Brie Bond. Brie is someone I have known since high school, so a really long time now, and she has always been someone who has radiated joy in everything that she has done. I've also had the absolute privilege of leading youth group with her, of growing in my relationship with God alongside her, of going to Russia with her on short-term mission, and of just enjoying the um, privilege of doing life together as we have been married, as we've had children, as we have been working women who really long to serve and honour our God. And I'm just thrilled for you guys to be able to hear some, just a tiny smidge of the wisdom that God has given this woman through the very real everyday experiences of of living the life each day as he has led it to her. So Brie, welcome. Oh, Katie, you're going to make me cry. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Well, it is all true. Absolutely all true. We have learned so many things along our journeys, haven't we? We really have. Yeah, it's been a yeah. long time. Today, we're actually going to be talking about something that's happened not that long ago. How long ago was the accident? October last year, so almost 12 months. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to just tell the listeners uh, basically just a description of what happened? Yeah, sure. So we started the day, it was my son's um, sixth birthday, and we started the day with so much joy and ended it in, and it was, you know, quite a horrific experience. Um, we ended up all being safe and God has protected us through through that experience, which is incredible. But we were in a car accident, a high-speed car accident. So it was, yeah, it was a really horrible end to his birthday, actually. Yeah. And from what I remember, it was a drunk driver who drove through an intersection when you were turning right across it? Yeah, yep. So he was, um, he went through a red light through a bus lane. So just, we just didn't see him coming. So um, it was, and we're coming home. It was really interesting actually to see God's hand through, um, which I think we're going to talk a bit more about, but just to see how um, God protected us through that night because it was just, yeah, it's incredible to look back and to see that experience through. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's never one of those experiences you think, wow, this will be a pivotal moment in our family's life where God will really actually draw out some amazing things. But I know from talking to you that that has been the case and that's why mm. we're going to share that with with everyone listening. When the accident happened, were you all taken to hospital? Yeah, so what happened was that the car hit um, our, the passenger side and so myself and my eldest son, who was eight at the time, was hit on our side and so he had um, some um, ligament damage to his spine and so both our boys were taken to hospital in an ambulance but they'd actually called um, a helicopter for him mm-hmm. um, so thankfully they didn't need it in the end but you know seeing it arrive it was just there was just so many horrible moments and that was one of them he was in hospital for a week we were expecting six at, at some stage yeah um, but it ended up only being a week which again was God's hand and our, our youngest was totally fine. He was out the next day, which is great. Yeah. And being, uh, you know, this season of lockdowns and COVID, what, how did that impact the whole experience? Um, so we could only have one person at the hospital at a time. And so it was, it was just a juggle really. So our, our youngest Jax, he went back to school after a few days. So I 
spent um, I spent the majority of that week there, but Scott spent I think the weekend, and it's, so it's not only not being able to have visitors for Riley, mind you, I think maybe that was probably a good thing because he was quite overwhelmed and just happy to sink into TV for a week. So it was only one of us there at a time. Um, and then there was just, you know, that tag team between wanting to emotionally and physically care for both children, one at home and one at hospital. So grandparents were amazing. We could sneak away, you know, to pack clothes and things like that. And and one of them would come in and spend time with Riley while Mm. Well, you know, while we had left the hospital. So, yeah, it was we've definitely been surrounded by people that love us and were able to support us through that. Absolutely. You have a very close-knit family, so I can imagine mm. they all wanted to be there to help. Yeah, they did, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I know from talking to your mum, it was very hard that she couldn't be there to be with you while you were with Riley as well. Mm. But you and Scott, how did you guys fare in the accident? We were okay, and Scott had a small amount of whiplash. And I had bruised ribs for a week or two, but we were okay. But even that, like just seeing, you know, thinking through exactly what had happened, the fact that the car had hit us and we'd spun but didn't hit any other cars or poles and going back, you know, a week later and seeing where we ended up, up on the median strip and just seeing that, like if there was a car parked there and if that pole was, you know, 10 centimetres that way, you know, we would have had that whiplash in both directions. Yeah, God's hand is pretty incredible. Totally. Like it's the fine points, isn't it, of a situation where you can really see that God prevented it from being so much worse Mm, and it enables you to be so thankful despite the trauma of what happened. Yeah. So I know from talking to you on text at the time that God was at work uh, in so many ways in this process, including some specific people who were both um, responders, but also at the hospital. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, so one of the responders, we had just gotten, I think we'd just gotten Riley out of the, out of our car and into the ambulance. And he was there in a neck brace. And I was sitting on the edge of the ambulance with my feet, like on the steps on the edge. Mm. Saw the first fire truck arrive. And then one of my colleagues was the very first person to get out of the van. Wow. Truck. Um, and just seeing just seeing his face. And I work at the school, as you know, that my boys go to. Mm. So my boys know him. My husband knows him. Oh. And to know that just there was just that comforting face mm. um, and his reaction, he said to me, you know, I was driving up and saw your car. And then I thought, oh, that looks like Bree's husband's car. And I went, oh, my goodness, that's Scott. And, and, and then he panicked and thought, oh, no, I hope the boys are not on the car. So just having that personal you know interaction with somebody through that horrific moment was really comforting Mm. and then we went to the hospital had been in emergency for you know that night and then went up to the ward and I think the very next day um someone I went to school with was a nurse in in that ward and I had not seen her for years and so again having that extra familiar face was just really comforting and then Another staff member actually later in the week um, was someone that I knew as well. So just you can just see God's goodness through something so horrible. It was amazing. Absolutely. And especially so when you can't have all your family come and be with you. Yeah. Yeah. That extra level of someone familiar who you know really knows you and cares. Yeah. Yeah. Such a blessing. I just felt, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
in terms of Riley now, just so we can put everyone out of suspense, how is he now? Yeah. Oh, he, he's so good. Yeah. He, uh, he was in sort of a head to chest brace for, uh, I think it was about six weeks maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a neck collar for, gosh, I can't remember, a month or two. Yeah. Um, and we've had you know, follow-up appointments with the spinal specialist since. And he's, um, he's got one more, so that will be exactly 12 months after, right after the accident. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's good to go. So he's That's back amazing. to launching himself off the couch and <laughs> doing all the things that boys do. <laughs> oh, my goodness. As a mum, you immediately go, no, don't hurt yourself again. <laughs> but then at the same time, you can't help but be thankful that he can do all of that. Yeah, it's definitely been a lesson in letting go, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. In the process of it, as a mum, how were you trying to guide Riley and Jax and Scott? Uh, How were you guys trying to lead the family through that experience? Yeah, good question. We, I think the physical needs obviously have to take priority. So Hmm. for Riley, it was just being with him, sitting beside him through the hospital, uh, which is hard, easy to do physically, but hard to do emotionally when all I just wanted to do was just break down. Yeah. And did on and did on some occasions. He was very, very company. He's very emotionally intuitive for a nine-year-old. Yes. And then I think with Jax, he just wanted me, I think. So the day after being able to say to Scott, you or maybe my brother at the time, maybe I can't remember. Someone was in the hospital room with Riley. I mm. said, I just need to go down and take him for a milkshake yeah, and just spend that one-on-one time with him so that he knows that, you know, yes, this horrible situation has happened, yeah. but our family is still our family and God is yeah. still good. Yeah. And they are the truths that we know and we still love you and we still love each other and yeah. we're still here and we're thankful. And so just reminding them of all those basics and that he was physically okay, I think. That's probably where we started. But I actually just read through, I hate saying this, but I'm a blogger <laughs> and, and have been for a year and a half. Uh-huh. Um, I hate saying it, but I find it funny that God, I think, has a sense of humour that it's something that I don't actually like, but he's very clearly led me to do. Yes. So, and I wrote a blog about this particular night and the, the weeks and months after it and the process of, you know, how do I start like how do I start again um, processing what we'd experienced but also how do you move forward? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting to read that again this morning before we talked and and just to see, you know, there were things like I couldn't unpack our hospital bags for weeks. Um, there was bills that were unpaid. So they're just a basic life admin cleaning the piles of clothes all over the floor. I just couldn't get ahead and I couldn't move forward. And I and I wrote the word. It's like running a marathon. You just have to take one step at a time. Yeah. And so I think you know, knowing what I was going through was then helpful to help the boys and Scott to know possibly what they were going through. And then we just kept talking, talked about everything over and over again. Jack remembered things Riley didn't because Riley had moments of being unconscious. He yeah. didn't see anything, whereas Jack sat there wide-eyed watching it all. Yeah. And so. Yeah, it's just interesting and things, you know, kept coming out for all of us that we didn't see or didn't know or it was helpful just to keep talking, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Were there big questions that were asked through the process? I think the biggest thing that the boys were struggling with was just how could someone do this? 
Mm. You know, how could someone make the conscious decision mm. to put someone else's lives in danger? Mm. And that's really hard for anyone to, to grapple with. But when you're six and eight, that's huge. That's just Yeah, huge. You have no no understanding and, and you know your concept and good and bad is very simple and to be able to try and comprehend stupid adult decisions yeah you know that that's just really difficult mm. um so they were probably the yeah that's probably the biggest one what what I think I was really encouraged by was they never really questioned God yeah um, which now that you've asked that question has kind of made me think, yeah, I don't, I don't think they did. I don't think they ever thought anything negative about him. I think, you know, our language, I'm not sure about God spoke through our language, maybe of just, you know, God is still good. And, and these things are horrific and, and we wouldn't wish them on anyone, but it doesn't change who he is. Mm. So I think that has been hopefully helpful for them in their own walk with God. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it will be because this will be a point in their life they can remember something really hard that happened and yet remember how holding on to that truth really gave them a foundation and a rock that mm-hmm. they could hold on to in it. That's really a huge experience for your family to have shared and gone through and to be recovered from or recovering probably still from. How have you seen God work through this situation? Um, I've actually seen our family grow closer, the four of us. And I think being in lockdown at the moment probably helps as well. Well, helps and doesn't help. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think one of the biggest things is if I think back to that night, these are some of the things that led up to the accident, right? So it's Jax's birthday. Our original plan was that his auntie and uncle would come over for dinner, play the switch, have Maccas, all of his favourite things. Uncle Fang, as they call him, not Uncle Matt. Uncle Fang had to have a COVID test, so couldn't come. Yeah. And so then that day I texted a few friends and tried to find a plan B for him and ended up going to friends of ours for dinner. Her husband wasn't home from work, so we decided, okay, it's time to leave. Oh, we'll just wait till Ollie gets home, you know, let him see Jax, say happy birthday, and then we'll go. So there's an extra 10 or 15 minutes. Mm. Got in the car, drove off, realised his seatbelt wasn't quite fixed. Was oh. Pratt done up. Fixed his seatbelt got back in the car. There were just all these little things that shouldn't have actually happened. Yeah. That meant that the that we were on the road, that that point on the road at that exact time yeah. for the accident to happen. And so looking back, as hard as it is to think that, you know, all those things were orchestrated so the timing was perfect for it to happen, that's kind of how it happened. Like there's yeah. just no, no reason why we originally were going to be there at that time. And so I think seeing God's sovereignty in that has been really difficult but really helpful and I think has kind of grown us all to know that he is above everything and in control of everything. Even yeah. that, you know, I've been studying Job, as you know, I started Bible college a couple of months yeah. ago and um, I've just written an essay on Job and his suffering. Mm. And, you know, there's that famous verse of should we accept good from God but not trouble? Yeah. And it's that same thing, like God's character doesn't change based on our personal experiences. Mm. Which is really comforting and just such a powerful truth to be able to hold on to in in all seasons. Yeah, and it gives us that classic reminder to be joyful and thankful in every season 
Mm. Because God is still the same. There are still always reasons to be joyful and thankful. Yeah. Yeah. So thinking more individually and personally now, how has God made you more like him through this experience? This is the question I ask everyone I interview. Mm. Yeah, I wrote down a few things because I knew you were going to ask this question. Yeah. And then it made me think, I'm so grateful to have that goal of wanting to become more like God. Yeah. But, and yes, I'm made in his image, but I'm also, like, it's just such an unattainable goal, right? Yeah. But it's this beautiful lifelong pursuit of wanting to be, of to wanting to be more like him. So some of the things I was thinking through was, you know, I'm a whole lot more thankful than what I think I've ever been for my family and for our lives and for God's goodness. I think it's obviously given me um, empathy for people who have gone through a similar thing, you know, yeah. now that we've kind of experienced it ourselves. Mm. I think I've become probably a better steward of God's blessings. Like I know I'm definitely a safer driver now, especially when the boys are in the car. And, you know, there's just simple things like that that I think God can use and God can, even though God doesn't drive. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> Yes. I, like, I know that's a really weird answer, but I think it's just the stewardship of what he's given us, I think. Yes. Yeah. And the way that I then treat his blessings, I think make a big difference. And then obviously I've been thinking a lot about the concept of justice. Yes, that's a very and big one. It's a huge one. And, you know, when you go through something like this, you go through all those emotions, like just like, you know, grief, like you go through the, the I'm really, really frustrated. I'm so angry this person can make that decision to do that. Mm-hmm. And then the, because we don't know, we don't know who he was or what happened, but then I've gone through that. What if he actually had you know, a fit or what if he was physically unwell and something had happened or or he mm. was racing to the hospital because of something in his life. Like, you know, there's so many things that have gone through my head as, as what ifs and the desire to either want something to happen to him. Yes. Which is horrible to admit. Or the it's not my place and God mm. will do with it what he wants to do. And so it's then that release, I guess, for us to just be able to say to God, you are the ultimate ruler and you are completely sovereign and we have complete faith that justice is yours whatever that looks like and so if that means that the result for that driver isn't what we want we're okay with that yeah it's it's we just have confidence that it's in God's hands Mm. they're all really huge lessons And I imagine, you know, in in God's way, in his beautiful, gentle way, they're probably lessons you'll learn again in new scenarios, but God's given you this experience to give you a basis of, of not proof, but of working that muscle, that faith muscle. Mm, mm. Yeah, that's an interesting way to put it, yeah. So you don't know what's happened to the guy involved in the accident and you very much just need to trust God that he's got all the follow-on stuff from the accident. Yeah, absolutely. Including your family and ongoing recovery. And we can already see that there's been amazing answers to prayer in health recovery and physical recovery, particularly for Riley. Yeah. And I can completely appreciate that that would be a huge joy to see that there are none of those potentially really scary implications of an accident like that. None of them have eventuated in God's kindness. 
Yeah, absolutely. Our boys, you know, once we were leaving the hospital, Jax had to get back in the car, a different car, obviously, the next day and seeing that he was okay about it. Yeah. That that was great. Like I personally couldn't drive for two weeks, but he just, I said, you're okay to go in the car? I said, yeah, why wouldn't I be? (laughs) (laughs) I just love the resilience of kids. And then Riley, when we left a week later, Scott pulled up in my car and his reaction was, oh, where's dad's car? (laughs) Okay. and so, yeah, seeing, it's been beautiful to see their resilience through, you know, through all of this and, and just to thank God for, okay, we're all okay mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. Like he's just, he's just looked after us, which has been incredible. That is really incredible. What's one thing in this process that you are immensely, I mean, apart from God's kindness in it and the fact that nothing was worse than it was, What's one thing you're really thankful for about God? Oh, it's kind of about God. Um, well, I guess it's a gift from him, right, is the fact that we were created for community mm. and, seeing, and seeing how we were just so enveloped with love and kindness and not only, you know, physical support and gifts, like people made meals for us and brought, um, brought over or delivered, you know, hampers, like, there was a box I got home from, I think the next day, got home from the hospital with Jackson. Um, there was a giant tub at the front door from our school that just had toys and notebooks and pens for the kids, chocolate for me because <laughs> the principal knows how much I love it. Yeah. Um, you know, just, just things for all of us just to go, we love you and we're here for you. And, you know, people came over and just cried with me, just came over for a cup and just, you know, just sat in the pain and the frustration and the whatever it was we were feeling. And just the gift of community has been truly amazing for all of us. Mm. Well, we thank God along with you for that gift. We thank God along with you that your family is all here and well and doing well and has grown stronger through this, which, I mean, that's just the most amazing thing to be able to say, that you've grown Mm. stronger through a trauma like this. We're so thankful that you shared this experience with us today, Bree. Thank you so much. I hope you've been really encouraged too to hear this testimony of God's goodness in little and big, really big and significant ways in Bree and her family's life. My prayer is that as you continue to face whatever God puts in your path today, that you will also remember that God is the same irrespective of what you face. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Take care.